in a world where Willie Nelson exists, I feel like we don't take enough time to give him credit. Think about all the great songs that he's written, all the great albums he's put out and continues to put out. He has a new record that mm -hmm. just came out like a week ago. Yeah. And you know, Brady, I just really love Willie. Willie Nelson. The big Willie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, after our awkward intro last week that I was responsible for, well, I'll ask you again, did you have a Willie nice week? I did, Brady. Okay. I was just thinking this week at work, you know, everyone knows who Willie Nelson is, but no one really truly appreciates him and his craft and how much he has given to not just country music, but music alone over the years. And Preach it, brother. Yeah. Preach so it, brother Vice. We just kind of had a conversation the other night about how we want to do a album sode, in a sense. But... So this is going to be album sode. You might know what it is. You might not. I'm not sure if we'll put it in the title. We probably will. We'll probably put it in the yeah. title. So I don't know what else we'd put in yeah, the title. I know. But I guess first we can kind of get to what's spinning. Yeah, and this is our 10th What's Spinning. This is episode 10. That means we've been doing this for almost three months, mm -hmm. mathematically. Seems like it's been a lifetime. It does, especially during covid we started, you know, we've now done 50% of these in person. Yeah. Half and wow. half. Half and half. That's I had some half and half today in a latte. That's how my granddad likes his sweet tea is half and half. Yeah, we don't we don't associate with those people, do we, Brady? We go sweet all the way. Sweet all the way. <laughs> Put a little dash of bourbon in there. Just a little sprinkle. I don't know the name for, for such a drink, but I don't know. Bourbon tea. So what's spinning for you this week, Brady Vice? Well... Willie Nelson. I've been in a Willie Nelson kick. I've been spinning a whole slew of Willie Nelson albums just because when you look at them, they're so easy to go about and listen to because there's usually span about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. There's a few long ones, but mainly the most popular ones are 30 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to Redhead Stranger. That's my What's Spinning of the Week, which is not the album that we're going to talk about today. But um, just... Just an amazing concept album, and I have always wanted to see the movie, but never got around to it, you know? Well, one cool thing about that record that I always love is the story that he took this idea to his uh, producers, and he said, I want no real editing, just me, my guitar, no filters on the voice, mm -hmm. nothing, just raw. They hated the idea. They thought that Willie Nelson was lazy and just wanted to get a paycheck for yeah. nothing, right? And they were really mad. They went back and forth. And Willie Nelson, is how I understand it, basically, you know, bet on himself mm -hmm. and said he knew that his fans would love it. Comes out, it's the biggest album of the year and his, I guess, still his most successful album. Do you know? I, well, I know the three that are his most successful okay. albums, which would be Shotgun Willie, Redhead Stranger, and then Stardust, probably. Yeah. Those I, are probably his three biggest I would imagine records. that. At least his records and not like him and Waylon yeah. or him and Merle. Yeah. Um, he did like five records with Waylon Jennings. It's a ridiculous awesome. amount. Rebel Country lived strong <laughs> yeah. in the 70s. Um, but 
You know, I've been listening to Willie Nelson a lot this mm-hmm. too, this too, this week too. Let me throw that small word that makes a big difference in there. Um, but actually, we just got done listening to the first side of my new double LP, signed from mm-hmm. Ray Benson of Asleep at the Wheel. It's still the king. It's a Western Swing tribute album that I've talked about on here before, but I have it on vinyl now, signed by Ray Benson. And, I mean, if you haven't listened to Western Swing at this point, I think we've mentioned it at least 33% of our episodes. (laughs) Yeah. So so listen to Western Swing. This is a good intro that's a little bit more modern if you're afraid of tackling 40s, 50s music, especially 40s, 50 country. Some people... You know, like to turn up their Luke Bryan and Garth Brooks. <laughs> but I, I'm really appreciative of you for getting me into Western Swing. And um, I've listened to this Asleep at the Wheel album, of course, and it's phenomenal. A lot of the um, features they have on there, just crazy. Yeah, they make Brad Paisley sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. That's the best thing I can say about Brad Paisley is... He's a killer guitar player, and he doesn't do that enough. In my, I opinion. guess we could say he's so much cooler online. <laughs> uh, but to digress, I guess we shouldn't hate on Brad Paisley too much because no. he's not as bad as Luke Bryan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Brad Paisley was Luke Bryan before there was Luke Bryan. You know, but he had such a promising start. Oh yeah, his first record I I listened to and I enjoyed. And his instrumental, mm-hmm. well, kind of instrumental. He's a, he's a really good guitarist. He's, yeah, I mean, just. No, we we shouldn't rant about this any longer, Brady. Listen, I've listened to probably every Brad, Brad Paisley <laughs> CD at least three times because that's my mom's favorite country music artist. I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, someone told me today that they had a broad music taste. They listened to everything from Nickelback to country. So, <laughs> <laughs> so That's such a broad range. That's, I mean, I can't think. And then, then she said, yeah, my husband, he... He can go from bluegrass to P. Diddy just like that. I'm like, who listens to P. Diddy anymore? Puff Daddy? (laughs) Puff Daddy. Sean Combs. Sean Combs. I'm coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess we can kind of start to move into our big topic. Tell them what we're doing. Oh, okay. So we kind of talked in the night and talked about how we've wanted to do album episodes, just discussing an album we both are genuinely interested in and like and that you need to hear yeah that you all need to hear it's it's not going to be like you know nickelback by nickelback or dark horse by nickelback it's gonna it's gonna be an album that's a little bit deeper and harder to find not necessarily hard to find because everything's on the internet but you know just something you've not listened to before probably yeah or but, haven't paid attention to yeah that's the name what you're not hearing so uh but nice plug yeah nice plug we um we were sitting playing some 2k i beat austin then austin beat me but um, he was. I just popped the question. I'm like, hey. <laughs> he just popped the question, everybody. He said no. <laughs> um, I said, what's your favorite Willie Nelson album? Because I just like asking him random things like that. And he said Stardust. And I was really like, okay, I can see that. Which my favorite Willie Nelson album is probably Shotgun Willie or Redheaded Stranger for different reasons. So I was like, huh. Went home, listened to Stardust, and I texted him at like, what, one in the morning, and I was like, all right, we need to do a podcast on Stardust, because this album 
it captures you and mm-hmm. makes you wish that it was another 30 minutes longer. That's very true. It's, I mean, just a phenomenal... And we both have very long list of notes to go over, so it's, it's going to be a really good episode. Kind of get you your favorite sweet tea or beer or... Bourbon. bourbon, yeah, anything, just kind of nice sit, and clean. Sit back in your comfort chair, like or go on a run, or ride a bike. You know, just even if you're in the car driving, yeah. that's a good place to listen yeah. to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of anywhere else. Anywhere on the toilet, except for on top of a ladder. Yeah, that's unless you've got those wireless headphones. Yeah, but even then, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing on the ladder. Three points of contact. Remember that, guys. That's right. OSHA certified. <laughs> All right, so here's how I think we should go about this, Brady. Let's go track by track and then kind of maybe at the end go through some overall liner notes. Just kind of dig into all the stuff we have one track at a time. That sounds good. Okay. So I'll I'll give you the lead for the, the first one here, and then I'll give you what I got for it. Well, Stardust, I mean, right out the gate catches you. And I think with this whole album, just looking at it, it's it's such a Willie Nelson sounding album. But then again, you can tell it's not Willie Nelson sounding album. It's got so many different hits of things, and you can tell that right off the bat with this mm-hmm. first song, Stardust. Um, I mean, what do you really think about it, though? I want I want your opinion first, actually. Well, my favorite thing about this album is the whole idea that. This is another album that, if it wasn't for Willie throwing in some traditional jazz standards into a set list and people not liking them, it would have never happened. This is the kind of music that, you know, Willie loves to play. Mm-hmm. Among classic country, one of his guitar heroes is Django Reinhardt, one of his musical heroes. And so he'd throw in a couple of these songs and sets, and people would go crazy for him. So he knew he could release the album for his fans. And I don't know if this album had any backlash like Redheaded Stranger did in terms of the the recording situation. Yeah. I don't know if the record company had anything against it, but you know, this was a tribute to all of the music Willie Nelson encompassed. Mm-hmm. And in the first track, Stardust traditional jazz standard that you know you can hear Wes Montgomery play you can hear I'm sure it'll date back to big band era you can hear some bands playing it um, but just everybody plays it and Willie Nelson says hey this is a jazz standard that I can bring and do in my own way and it'll go to a whole new audience for people to mm-hmm. enjoy and so right off the bat Stardust grabs you and He's playing and singing behind the beat in that Willie Nelson way. Yeah. And, you know, he one, one of my favorite quotes is that Willie Nelson's band, I can't remember, I think it was the harmonica player. It was like... Mickey, yeah, Mickey Raphael? Yeah. And he was just like, you know, the band just plays... We keep time, and Willie does what Willie does, yeah. right? Something like that, or maybe maybe it was Waylon Jennings yeah. actually that said something like that. And this album is just it works so well because they are jazz standards, but mm-hmm. you know you can kind of hear where Willie Nelson gets some of his his tricks and his influences from. And 
you know, just like you said earlier, it captures you and you want it to be longer. I mean, this first song, you know, if it was the only song he ever released like this, it makes you want the rest of yeah. the album. That's how good it is. Definitely. So kind of another ramble there. No. But. I think we need to quit apologizing to each other for <laughs> rambling because that's all we're that's all we're good for. Sorry, sorry, but, sorry. Um, talking about the label pushback because he was signed to Columbia at the time, they did have a little bit of pushback on that, and because I just did a bunch of reading on mm-hmm. them, I read a bunch of articles about it, and just they didn't think it would sell because it was a step back because that's when you know Outlaw Country was kind of at its height back mm-hmm. in like what was eighty? When did this album come out? Seventy eight. Seventy eight actually, yeah. Um, so yeah, Rebel Country would have been in. Full it was swing. yeah, it was doing really good. Him and Waylon, and, but and they just didn't think it'd be successful or sell any records at all, which it did. <laughs> Sold <laughs> yeah. a bunch. I have a little thing. We'll talk about that later, though. Stardust, man, and then brings you right in to arguably one of the most popular tracks on the album. That's true. Arguably for us, probably the best track on the album to everybody else, though. I'm sure. Well, I'm I'm sure this might be the most familiar track for sure, which automatically would make it a lot of people's favorite at first listen, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it's Georgia on my mind, and even at this point in time, it was a jazz standard that was already made famous, not only during the jazz era, but Ray Charles brought it back. Yeah. And modern sounds and country music. Yeah. That was a great record. And what a lot of people, you, you know, might forget or miss today is that Willie Nelson was big with all these jazz guys and all these blues guys Mm -hmm. and you know him and Ray Charles recorded a lot together but not just on Seven Spanish Angels but um, they did some more work together Um, but you know George on my mind is let me let me think like my favorite part of this song is the inclusion of Bobby's his sisters mm-hmm. Bobby Nelson's piano playing kind of like I don't know it, it's so intense because it it fits in perfectly but it, it's kind of like the Willie Nelson situation where that doesn't mean it's perfectly on time or always like the right note but it's, it's always in, it's imperfectly the best perfect, note yeah. and it's it's imperfectly perfect mm-hmm. And this whole album does a really great job of shining a light, not just on Willie Nelson singing, guitar playing, yeah. but Bobby's and and even all the instruments. We'll get into all the instruments yeah. on this because there's some cool people playing on this record. But. I mean, he just takes music that is traditionally known for being so precise and, you know, on time. Mm-hmm. And he just takes it and Willie Nelson's it. <laughs> Willie Nelson's <laughs> you know, it. I mean, I've never seen somebody mix pop music jazz music and country music so well yeah i mean because these are a lot of pop and mainly jazz standards too so it's it's... like i like to think of willie nelson as the guy that he just ended up doing his own thing and it worked whereas always imagine frank sinatra you know he he did things his way and was he was famous. He he was on the first vinyl that was ever put out was mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra. He was popular, but then he had a little bit of a a downswing. You know, he had to kind of before he was super super popular, before he had the Rat Pack and everything. So he just started doing his own thing, and he found out that you know, being the suave, 
Rat Pack, you know, I'm just going to smoke my cigarette and gamble, whatever. His, his kind of image, once he figured out, you know, he was kind of a rebel too. And when I look back at Willie Nelson, you know, you can compare him to the great artists that did their own thing and that put them out above everybody else. Louis Armstrong was this great instrumentalist and this great vocalist, and he was like, I'm here to play the music I love, and I'm going to yeah. do it with all my heart. And that was his thing, and that's how he went about it. And that separated him. The Beatles, I mean, <laughs> these four, these teenagers that ended up together playing, you know, their rock and roll hippie music, mm-hmm. and it turned into just hippie music, and it went everywhere across all spectrums. They did their own thing. And you look at, the greatest artists of all time, there was that moment where they started doing their own thing. And for me, this is when, this is the album I listened to that put Willie Nelson above a lot of other artists that are, like I put on my category, like Willie Nelson in a whole different category of country music. And nobody else is there with him because he's so unique. Mm-hmm. And this is the album that did it for me. I can really tell that and how passionate you are about it. I, I love I this mean, record. Yes. And I mean, just the sheer, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, I guess I'll just say balls <laughs> that Willie Nelson had. With all yeah, the pushback really. and knowing that he wasn't going to please his casual fans and stuff like this. I mean, yeah, he just... I mean, think about it, too. He was in Nashville for years and had hits, but nobody knew who he was. And mm-hmm. he couldn't do... He couldn't even play his songs because nobody wanted to hear him sing them. And, you know, it took a house fire to kind of be like, this is the sign I need to go back home. And then he did his own thing, found his own fans, and never looked back, so... Those years of hardening in Nashville, I guess, made it super easy for him to deal with the pushback. Because, I mean, even up to now, everybody knows Willie as that old guy that plays guitar and smokes pot. Yeah. And, like, he still has that image, but that's his image, and he's not straight away from it, which has made him such an everlasting figure Mm -hmm. in country music. He is a Mount Rushmore country artist. Yeah, for me, he's a Mount Rushmore. I just, um, I guess we can kind of start getting into Blue Skies, which is yeah a good tune. But, I mean, just to think that he collaborated with Booker T. Jones yeah. of Booker T. and the MGs is kind of a, it's not a weird thing because it's Willie Nelson mm-hmm. and he just does what Willie does. Mm-hmm. But just, it's kind of cool and interesting because... I listen to Booker T when I'm in a completely different mood than when I'm in a Willie Nelson mood. But think about like Booker T's records and his producing that he did for a lot of people, but it comes through on this record because you informed me that he produced this record. Yeah, he he did a lot of arranging and producing on it. That's what he was credited for a lot of it. And the sound really comes through that, that really rich, just everything blends like above... Like the band being tight makes recording easy, but when you got a producer like that that's helping arrange these tracks, mm-hmm. like, because on this song, Blue Skies, my favorite part 
is Bobby Nelson's staccato, just little thinks on the mm-hmm. piano throughout the song. And, you know, that goes to show that you don't have to do anything crazy or um, be able to play all this crazy stuff. And even all of Willie Nelson's solos on the whole record are just the melody of the song. You know, just playing it his way. Yeah. You don't have to be a crazy musician to be a crazy good musician. Mm-hmm. Right? Understanding the music is so much more. And this track just has such a good feel. It's a good and, vibe, too, yeah. for a track. Now, what do you think of the organ on this song? Right? Because this is the first track, at least I think, that I wrote down that I really paid attention to the organ. Yeah. I mean, throughout the album... As opposed to most Willie Nelson albums, I could really hear that organ. I think that's due to Booker T mm-hmm. being on the record because he did play the organ and piano. But I mean, just I just throughout it, the hits are just so great mm-hmm. that just I mean, it's it's subtle though too. But for I mean, I can't really think of another Willie Nelson record where you do have a lot of organ. I mean, there's there's certain songs that. I think the only other one that I can think of off the top of my head where there's a decent amount is the Willie Nelson family album. Oh, is that um, where it's Honey Christian? So- Honey it's a Roads? No, gospel album. Okay. And then Bobby plays a lot of organ, step organ on it, pedal organ. Mm. I, I think I think there's a lot of pedal organ on that, but I could just yeah. be imagining that because it's a gospel. Yeah, well, record. if you're gonna make a gospel album, you have to have. A you need a pedal organ, organ right? Mm-hmm. Just blue skies smiling at me. <laughs> That's a line that really, you know, just yeah. made me smile. Yeah, and Willie Nelson, you know, is an amazing songwriter. Mm-hmm. One of the best, you know, written songs like Crazy, um, Hello Walls. Yeah. Everybody knows those hits, but all his songs too. But all of these, he didn't write any of the songs on this record. They're all no. jazz standards. But you can tell in the writing of these songs, you could, if you didn't know any better, you might think he had written them. And that just goes to show you his influences in writing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that, that he picks songs that resonate so yeah. well with him. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, kind of his heroes, in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, people that influenced him to songwrite. But, yeah, that's... One more thing about this song. There's a really cool version of it um, with Chris Thiele and Andrew Bird from uh, Live From Here. Which is, sadly, they're not going to be continuing which was a previously Prairie Home Companion. And after the whole thing with Garrison Keller, I'm not even sure what went down, but he got arrested or something. Yeah. I don't know. They turned into life from here, and sadly, after the COVID stuff, there's not going to be able to continue. I guess there was some kind of money thing going on. Mm-hmm. But, but look that up. Chris Steely, Andrew Bird, Blue Skies. Really cool. All of me. All of me, man. All of me. Now, My favorite track. I was about to ask you, you. You were listening to this earlier. It seemed kind of random, so I figured that might be your favorite one if you were just pulling that one up from the record. I mean, I've listened to the record probably three times since last night, but that's the song I've actually picked out and listened to probably five times, six times. This one feels so good. It's just, it's so happy, but it's so mm. sad. <laughs> I love those songs, you know. And, it, and it's such a relatable kind of thing. Yeah. You took a part that once was my heart, mm-hmm. so why not take all of me, right? It's like everybody's been there. Yeah. Everybody understands it. But um, from a musical standpoint, this song, in terms of the people who are on the album, is my favorite 
like music track. Willie Nelson sings great, don't get me wrong. But um, this is the song where the organ really does a lot of hard work in the yeah. background, playing those nice, I don't know, like seven-note chords across there. Yeah. And then the harmonica player, mm. he's he's tearing it up. He's just doing like the melody, basically. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the most tasteful version of Because harmonica is easy to overdo. Yeah. Right? Really like easy. If you're playing blues music or you're playing some kind of older music you need the harmonica to be a little crazy but in you know something where there's a lot of different colors blending together you got organ piano guitar bass Mm -hmm. like you can't really overdo it and it's just perfect on this song um the piano is really good but the drum player uh what was the drum player's name is paul um english english yeah paul english yeah check our notes here me and Paul. Me and Paul. But uh, he's just, he just, he's like, on this record, he plays like a Bob Wills drummer would play. Mm-hmm. He, he swings it, but it's, it's more of a Western swing even kind of beat yeah. um, because there's a bunch of like little triplet feels and little trills here and there that make it seem a little bit more country than just like a bebop tune or a swing mm-hmm. tune. And all of it comes together on this tune, and it's not my favorite on the record, but it's my favorite muse in terms of musicality, Brady. In my opinion, it's my favorite arranged record. Everything just feels so right uh-huh. when I listen to this song. And, you know, half the time I'll listen for lyrics, but most of the time I'm just listening for the sound of it and just how it sits on my ear and mm-hmm. you know I can mull on it and, and this this is a very easy album to listen to oh yeah it's not I think it clocks in at 39 minutes I mean yes it's, yeah, it's, it's it's not very long and you can and even the digital recordings of it are really good yeah you know the way that they transferred it over from the tape is really good so you don't have to worry about any imperfections there and it's because you know in true Willie Nelson style they didn't edit it that much mm-hmm you know, you can't really hear any crazy effects, and the ones you can hear were probably on the instruments in the first place. So, it's not a very loud record, but it's it's a very powerful record in terms of song selection. But, you know, just the way the band blends, it gives you those moments where you can hear the overtones of, like, every instrument playing, and you just get that little bit of extra harmony on the inside of your ear that you didn't know ever could be there. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. Is it time for a fun fact? It's time for a fun fact. I've right? got two. I've got one I meant to do earlier, and I'll okay. do my second fun fact later. But the song that we've already talked about, Georgia On My Mind, mm-hmm. which was previously covered by like Ray Charles and a bunch of other big mm-hmm. bands, won Willie Nelson the award for Best Male Vocal Performance at the 1978 Grammys. Very interesting. You know how many Grammys that he has? Because I don't. I want to say... Let's let's just do an over-under right here. Cause we, over-under. We, we okay. don't bet, but we like to pretend bet. Yeah, we'll pretend bet. Um, I'd say over-under. Let's set the over-under at seven Grammys. I'm going to go over. Because uh, I mean, he's had a 50-plus year career. Since you went over... I'll go under, because the whole point of this 
podcast is also he's an underappreciated artist. Yeah. But the, the thing is, he's written so many great songs that he probably doesn't get credit for other than on the songwriting and the royalties. So that might play a factor too. Because think about his early songwriting career. I mean, he was one of the hottest songwriters in Nashville. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> what you got, boom, Brady? Boom, 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 boom. Willie Nelson has won 13 Grammys. 13. 10 CMA Awards, 7 American Music Awards, and a few others. Very interesting. Would you like a list or just... Well, here's another fun fact. Who is the most winningest Grammy artist of all time? I want to say, do you know for a fact? Or do you know... I'm 96% positive. That's a, that's a high percentage. It so is. I'm going to lay down two yeses. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. First guess, the Beatles. Second guess, Drake. <laughs> There's only one category for Drake, though. Oh, that's true. I believe it's Alison Krauss. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Because bluegrass and country. Mm-hmm. And for her thing with Robert Plant, I believe was either rock or... Singer-songwriter. Something like that, yeah. So it can fall into a lot of I, I bl- or She might just be the most female like awards the winning as female but I'm pretty sure it's overall it's like almost 30 or in the 30s yeah. or something it's ridiculous that's, that's awesome and well deserved yeah and Definitely. really well deserved yeah. she's one of the best we'll do an Allison Krause episode even though we might not need to a Krause episode a Krause episode uh, so I want number five Unchained Melody this was when I was listening to my mom came in <laughs> from work and I was listening to it and she looked at me for a second she started singing it <laughs> I'm like, you know this? She's like, yeah, I love Willie Nelson. I'm like, huh. And then I played it at work today, and my desk mate started singing it too. I'm like, you like Willie Nelson? I'm like, yeah. Well, the cool thing, this song was majorly popular before Willie Nelson sang it. And that's probably what it, it was. It was like a number one yeah. country pop doo-wop hit, whatever. Do you know who else recorded it? It's chance? something Brothers. The Leuven um, Brothers? It's not the Leuven Brothers, but it's it might it's something Brothers. The Brothers Osborne. <laughs> the Brothers Osborne. Oh gosh, no. But uh, I'll give you a fun fact about this song. Um, I think I've mentioned it on here before. I got to play music in China a couple years, and the first year I went, we I knew it was going for maybe six months, and we practiced pretty hardcore for six months because we had to learn some songs in Chinese and. We had to learn the songs that they liked because there's very specific songs that they love in China, and this is one of them. And they love to karaoke this song, and they'll sing it hardcore. And it's so strange, like this song, and then there's Take Me Home Country Roads, (laughs) and uh, what was another big one? And it's like some songs you think that make sense that are like worldwide hits. The other one... Other ones that didn't make any sense, and I'm trying to think of one, like uh, 16 Tons. Really big song. Yeah. And, like, that was a great song, but and it, I believe it charted really well for Merle Travis, but that was in the 50s. And, like, China did not have access to, you know, that probably until the past 20 years, 20, 30 years. Is part of it they're slowly introducing their people to music? I hate to say it like that, but I, I mean, mean, you know. Yeah, I hate to talk 
they're really nice people. Oh, yeah. I hate to talk badly about anybody in the first place. Maybe except Luke Bryan, Brad Paisley, <laughs> Florida Georgia Line. Jinx again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know they're they're really into music, and I don't know if it has something to do with you know their access changing over time. It probably does, but you know this song "Unchained Melody" very huge, very highly requested at karaoke nights. <laughs> I just. I've heard so many fun stories about China. I, I want to go myself. China and Ireland. Charland. Nice plug for David Austin Taggart's first record. If you don't have that, you should have that by now. And I honestly, you can get it on wherever you're yeah, listening to Yeah, but this. I mean, I know how you can get a signed physical copy. I know a guy that knows a guy. That's right. That knows a guy that can sign, forge. I, can, I know a guy that'll forge my own signature. I is mean, it, is it yourself? It's it's me or I was gonna say you, but oh, yes, I, I will forge it for profits. <laughs> I will buy a ten dollars CD off Austin and sell it for fifty dollars. Perfect. And forge your signature. That's perfect. September song. We're actually approaching September here in the next few months. We are, and that's kind of what this song's about. You know, this song is my favorite on the record. Makes you feel. It starts off with just the bum bum. On the piano, mm-hmm. and uh, the bass comes in, and uh, I believe the next thing that comes in is Willie singing, and then a little bit of drums, and maybe a tiny bit of electric guitar join in, all within like the first 30, 45 seconds before the first refrain. And the first time I ever listened to this song, so what I did uh, when I was in college is I would choose an artist and listen to their whole library, and I would pick one basically a month. So for that whole month, I'd only listen to one artist at a time. Okay. And I did this with the essential listening. Yeah. I've done it with Merle Haggard, did it with Waylon, and this month I was doing it with Willie, and I just go... First thing I can find, earliest date. Mm-hmm. I usually go to Spotify, YouTube, whatever, where they have everything listed. And I just listen. I just put it on the car, and I passively listen. And the first thing that really catches my ear, I restart. So sometimes it's, you know, the last track on one of his records or something. So I'll kind of, I'll save that song, and I'll go back to the record and listen to it. And... The thing about Willie Nelson is it took me like three months to listen to all of his material in the first place because at this point he had, I don't know, 30 records on Spotify, each about 30, 45 minutes long, a couple an hour. But then also he just released another one and he was about to release another one. Mm -hmm. And he's since released two in those like three years. But like every album, there's two or three songs where I'm just like, I could, now i got to really actively listen to it because that blew my mind just past me listening to it. But no song that Willie Nelson has ever done, done, <laughs> done has caught my ear like September Song on this record. I believe it is my favorite Willie Nelson recording that there is. Maybe not my favorite song he's done, but the, my favorite recording by far because the way in that moment it captured me and I remember I was driving in the car on the way home about 6 o'clock. And it actually was about to be fall. 
Yeah. You know, it was the beginning of school semester in August, so it was about to be fall. And it just caught me. And that might have been the moment, the exact moment I said earlier that this record pushed it over top. Mm-hmm. When the first few notes and chords of this song came on, I think was the moment that Willie Nelson jumped ahead of so many other artists for me. Mm-hmm. And this song, September song, it's so beautiful, so perfect, this recording, I think. It's... The, the, do you feel like the September days are shorter? That's kind of what this album, the song starts out with, mm-hmm. is just talking about that. Yeah, and the whole thing, this song is, on the surface, kind of seems like he's just talking about the days get shorter, but mm-hmm. it's a metaphor for life, you know, kind of we start in mm-hmm. the spring and the days get shorter as we get older kind of yeah. thing. And... I don't know. I don't know if I was going through like a moment or something. I don't remember any more specifics about my life in that moment, but you know, it, it hit me. Yeah, it, it sticks with you. I, and I've listened to a lot of other people do this song, and his is by far my favorite. I know that feeling when a song just hits you, and you could have listened to it once or twice before too. I mean, it just takes that one yeah. moment to hit you. So moving on to number seven. Number seven. On the sunny side of the street. Do 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 This one. Yeah. I love this song. This song's really happy. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like you're walking down the street, you know, and in a way just that It's got that beat to it. That yeah, nice little happiness mm-hmm. stuff. Upbeat. At the least. It's um it's something that you go through this Stardust, George on my mind, Blue Skies, All of Me, Unchained Melody, September Song. Until then you're not really having that completely, you know You're not the full positive pep. beat song. So mm-hmm. that kind of It ranges. There's moments like an all of me definitely oh, yeah. is the most, you know, peppy song up until this point. But you bring up a good point. Yeah, this is the first moment of true, like, that that beat, that mm-hmm. feeling. Because all of me, I mean, it, it's it's kind of peppy, but then also you can kind of feel like that inner... Yeah, the, the lyrics... Sadness yeah. at the same time, you know? Or just kind of reminiscing yeah, And this thoughts. one's so optimistic. It's like, you know, grab your stuff, meet me over on the sunny side of the street, because mm-hmm. that's where I'm headed. I've had enough of the, yeah. the blues... It's a good way to think. It is a good way to think. You know, when you're walking on the dark side of the street, you see the sunny side. Just <laughs> yeah, get to that don't jaywalk side. though; you'll get arrested. And this is another one of uh, Willie's versions of a jazz standard that I like better. I probably Ella Fitzgerald. I probably enjoy the version mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. but that's just because she was. She never left her prime, yeah. if we're being honest. But in like her prime, the prime of her prime, um, I believe she recorded her version on the Sunny Side of the Street. So that's the, probably the only version I'd put above Willie's in my mind. Of course, I'm biased towards Willie Nelson, especially because of this album. Um, but I think you should give us another fun fact. I, I think it's time. My last fun fact for the day. Um, other than. 
Willie Nelson likes weed. Um, <laughs> that's that's more than a. Fact. That was a gimme. <laughs> that's more than a fact. It is. It is an untrue reality. Willie Nelson has never smoked weed in his life. It's all been. One I have big a conspiracy. conspiracy. There's a tin foil hat on me right now, guys. Imagine a tin foil hat on me. Um, fun fact number two for the day. On the Rolling Stones' greatest albums of all time list, which is a very odd list because some albums I completely see being on there, then others I'm like, what? Like PJ Harvey, which I've never dug into PJ Harvey. That's true. PJ Harvey might be the most deserving artist ever on that list. We just don't know. Exactly. What you're not hearing. Um, On that list, though, Willie Nelson's album, Stardust, is number 260 out of 500. I mean, that's That's almost right in the middle. Yeah, that's a really good placement. Is that his highest? Do you know? Did you look at it? I believe Redheaded Stranger's actually in, like, the top 100. That's very good. Yeah. You know, Rolling Stone is so weird with country. It takes the people that aren't country at all. Yeah. Or, I mean, look at their love and affection for Tyler Childers. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... People in the country community like him. Yeah. They respect him. But Rolling Stone, you know, puts him on that level of, like, musicians that you're not hearing because they're so freaking talented. I think... And it's true, he's freaking talented, but... I think the Rolling Stone aspect of things where it is a music magazine is page views that's true I feel like a lot of the um, musical uh, journalists that work there probably have wonderful musical opinions mm-hmm. but it's a, it's, 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 it's a knockout news. drag out world and you have to do what's gonna yeah. and I hate that people have to live in a world where you have to yeah. compromise your image of being a very good musical guru yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, think about to... Pitchfork. We can blame Pitchfork for the way rap music kind of has turned into mm-hmm. of even more of it, less of a, I don't know necessarily like a, a community and more against butting heads against each other, almost in a way more beef. I feel since yeah. Pitchfork has gone and that's been what, like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork's been a, a leading thing. But it's just weird the way that social media also yeah. and everything. But what's great about Stardust, everybody, is there was no social media. Literally, people <laughs> would just go to a record store on a certain day when there were releases and say, oh, Willie Nelson record. Pick it up, take it home, put it on the turntable. If they liked it, they kept it playing in the rotation. If they didn't like it, they just put it in the back of the pile. That's right. It's that simple. Yeah. You don't have to... If your opinion only is, I didn't like this enough, you don't have to lie and say you hated it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have a strong opinion, everybody. And that's that's one thing that I, uh, I don't know. I just feel, I feel bad telling people I didn't like something. But then again, if you don't like it, what's the point in walking well, on eggshells about, What's know? the point of having Cause an then, opinion? Because then someone's going to just keep on berating you about this musical taste. Because you were too afraid to tell them that you don't actually like it. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I, little rant there. I mean, I'm not extremely vocal about it as much as I should be. You know, when someone's telling me something, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, Wait, it's okay. I, I'm under the belief that eggshells make the world go round. 
Opinions make the world go forward. So we should all voice our opinions. Now, if your opinion is a crime against humanity, if your opinion, let's say, a racist opinion, (laughs) if your opinion is just a spiteful opinion, then there's no place for it. Yeah. But that really should go without saying, but all you people on Facebook don't seem to understand. I, I just, I'm I'm so young. In a sense, I can't remember a time when Facebook wasn't people arguing. I mean, whenever I first got on there, there was Farmville. And it was the stuff, you know. I'd be, I'd be uh, jamming my Willie Nelson in the back. I like to think I was, but I was probably listening to, like, Brad Paisley. <laughs> With your mom. With my mom. <laughs> on my little tablet playing, playing Farmville. Did you ever have a leap pad, Brady? No. My sister did, though, and I tried to take it from her, but she'd always cry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot on that leap pad. Did you have, like, a touchpad one, or was it, like, just, like, the little, the little stylus pen. thing? Yeah. It was the first edition. From Willie Nelson to leap pads. That's We're right. leaping. <laughs> Let's sleep on down to number uh, eight. Is that one? Mm-hmm. Moonlight in Vermont. This is another song for me that I really love the way that it just feels when you listen to it. And part of it is the piano and the organ on this song is really good. It's got a really good vibe. But if you listen to the lyrics in this song, the verses are him describing what he's seen. You know, he's describing hills, mountains, and snow, and ski trails. And then the chorus kind of goes into more of a, a story-esque wave of writing. But this song just, I like to think of it as an example of great songs. Don't have to, you don't have to try to be prophetic in your songwriting. Yeah. You can just write about what you see and it can be Talk great. Talk about it, yeah. yeah. And... It's essentially just talking about Vermont, you know, the summer sun and <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> Moonlight in Vermont, man. I was um, I was reading about this album, though, and just kind of looking at track for track. And the one guy that wrote Moonlight for Vermont was one of the co-writers, was one of, like, the few songs he ever wrote. Really? Yeah. So I just wonder if he was, like, a native of Vermont, yeah, just, or just born, you know, born there, you know. You know, it could be one of those things where he was just like a poet, mm-hmm. and he didn't write songs. Maybe he wrote poetry. And think about all the great songs that have that were poems before, and vice versa. When it comes to songwriting on this album, um, this next track, "Don't Get Around Much Anymore," which is ranks up there as another one of my favorites. Um, it's actually written by somebody that I know. Really? Duke Ellington. That's right. Duke He's, I thought you yeah. meant that you actually well, Duke, like our... Duke's been dead for a while, hasn't he? I believe so, Did yeah. you ever watch Big Mouth? <laughs> Big, Big Mouth on Netflix. Oh, with Nick Kroll, uh, yeah. Nick Kroll show? No, I never did. Duke Ellington is a reoccurring character. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the ghost of Duke Ellington. <laughs> Nick Kroll is a very strange fellow. Yes. He's very um, funny in situations. But I've I've heard the Indigo album by Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. That's one of the few records I've found in Fleming County. 
you know, while yeah. vinyl searching. <laughs> He's so, essential listening. Yeah. For all kinds, for mm-hmm. all music. But Don't Get Around Anymore is just kind of a song about Mr. Saturday Dance. You know, he goes out amongst his life and people asking him how he's doing something like that. No, I don't get around much anymore. Yeah, and it's like, it's like I, I could have went on dates, but, mm-hmm. you know, why would I? Because he's just, he can't get over losing no. whoever it is that he or she lost. You know, I'm not going to get into assuming anybody's mm-hmm. genders here. But, uh, it's 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 kind of another peppy song in a way. Yeah, it's not as peppy as on the sunny side of the street, mm-hmm. but it's uh, do 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 kind of that little almost like a, a trotting kind yeah. of thing. So it's it's got some some good rhythm to it, and it leads I think perfectly into the last track. Brady, uh, what is our last track? Someone to watch over me. Yes, and I'm not for sure of the origins of this song in terms of who else has recorded it or who wrote it. It may even be a Willie Nelson song. Do, do you know? Um, I actually am going to pull it up right here because I have also been curious as if... No. Um, this may be wrong. I'm sure it is. It says Ella Fitzgerald. I think that... They're a bunch of jazz standards. I don't... You know, when it comes to jazz, it's another thing. A lot of the songs were written in Tin Pan Alley. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, if Ella... Okay. Um, actually, the songwriters are um, reoccurring songwriters in this album. Okay. I think they wrote... Is it Gershwin? S- mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... Because they wrote... Stardust? Uh, Maybe? Yeah. And... Yeah, the Gershwin brothers wrote so many songs in Tin Pan Alley that became standards in yeah. all kinds of different musics from jazz to pop and everything. I mean, it, what you're not listening, really, George and Ira Gershwin, like, dig into the Gershwin library. Um, Willie Nelson has a whole album that's just Gershwin. That's really good. Which album is that? It's uh, Is it a tribute album or... Yeah, it's uh, Willie Nelson. might be Willie Nelson plays Gershwin. It might be that simple of a title. I believe it came out in the 2000s, um, maybe in the 90s. It's a really good listen, and it shares some songs on here, but a different recording. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a Gershwin Brothers. That's I'm going to have to dig into that. That's true American songwriting right there. Because, I mean, when it comes to – if you had to name three – American songwriting families. You've got the Carter family. You've got the Gershwin brothers. Who else? Who's the third you would name? Well, Felice and Boudreaux Bryant definitely deserve as much credit as anybody for being a songwriting powerhouse. They wrote. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you've watched the country music Ken Burns documentary, yeah. what you're not watching. Um, if if you haven't, um, they talk a good amount about Felice and Boudreaux that they just. They did so much stuff. They wrote so many great songs. They made so many good friends, and they'd host dinners, and they'd show off their new songs to everybody, and people would kind of, it got to the point where they'd come to their house, get a hit kind of mm-hmm. thing. But uh, 
them, the Gershwin brothers are up there. And who who else did you say? The Carter family. Because, yeah. I mean, they've... More song collectors than yeah. writers, but still they deserve a lot of credit for keeping those songs alive and writing new words and new verses and stuff. So, yeah, those are those probably three essential. And then you have uh, the Brothers Osborne, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if those aren't the songbirds of our generation, I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> I want to just go in a hole and just scrape some dirt over me because the Brothers Osborne, they actually have a song about Willie Nelson. I think I've seen a song. It's like, um, it's so cringy. It's like Beer, Weed, and Willie or something. Which isn't a really good sounding uh, song title. It's one thing to pay tribute. It's another thing to... Profit off the name of someone? Yeah. It's like, a lot of people say Merle Haggard is their favorite country artist. Which I believe, because Merle Haggard reaches into all different aspects of country. But then you hear the stuff people write and say this was inspired by Merle. It's like, how? <laughs> it's like... You might listen to him, but... You might listen to this him, isn't it's happening. not really inspired. It's more inspired by your uh, your bank account than anything. <laughs> Shoot. But that's it. That's the track list. The Stardust. I mean, if you don't take anything from this episode, and if you don't like this record, I promise you there's five other Willie Nelson records you will possibly like. That's true. If you're not much into jazz, I would say that this record could very well get you on the track. It could get you, yes, it, it will put you on the track. And even if you get on that path and you find you just like this, because mm-hmm. this isn't a jazz standards album. The songs are just jazz standards. Yeah. This Nelson, is Willie right? Nelson, mm-hmm. you know, to its core. Yeah, it's it's the culmination. Like we've talked the whole time of. Country music, pop music, swing music, and jazz. Just... Talking about influences like you just did, uh-huh. you know, somebody said, oh, Merlin influenced me to write this song. Uh-huh. I mean, this is an actual case of being influenced to take uh-huh. these, you know, different influences he had growing up and, you know, singing their songs, but also singing them in his way uh-huh. and blending his influences, you know, just yeah. big old pot of jumbo. Yes. Yeah. Is it, no, it's like jumbo. Gumbo. <laughs> jumbo. <laughs> What's the um, green guy? Gumby. Gumby. <laughs> Pokey. Gumby and Pokey. Gumby's still missing in Fleming County. That's been going on oh. for like <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, one of our friends in high school uh, dressed up as Gumby at random times. And then the mantle was passed down, I believe, through a couple different people till he went missing. <laughs> I feel like he's just somewhere in the Licking River. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's where every, every bad thing ends up in Fleming County in the Licking River. But Willie Nelson Stardust, I mean, what you're not hearing. And just kind of to draw a circle on this episode, everyone knows who Willie is. Mm-hmm. But not everybody knows how great he is, you know? Yeah. Or he's underappreciated in a sense. I mean, everybody will sing on the road again. Yeah. And just all those, you know, essential Willie Nelson songs. I mean, but, it's an anthem. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, once you really dig into it and find all these other, you know, 20-plus albums that he's put out over the years, um, 
you're just like, wow, he's not more, or he's he's so much more than just this, yeah. you know, one song. He's not a, guy. he's not a ten hit wonder. He's a, the life his lifespan. He is that ever many amount of years mm-hmm. wonder, and you know, I've read a, a little bit of his autobiography. And he talks about growing up that he knew from a very young age that he was really good. And he always knew that his sister was better. Mm. And uh, his sister was a prodigy on the piano. And he was a uh, a songwriter prodigy, basically, is kind of how he describes it. He said from a very young age, like from the time he really could think for himself, he was writing songs and poems and stuff. So... He's just one of those people that was kind of destined to be there in some way. And I'm thankful that we have Willie Nelson still. And uh, I feel like we'll have him for a few more years to come. Mm-hmm. So I guess really in the episode, we, we've given ratings to this album out of 10. Yep. Just to kind of, I guess, set, set a precedent of rating albums that we do. Yeah, just kind of a basis for the whole, you know, album episode thing. Um, I'll start out, I don't do round scores. If I do, it's going to be a 10 out of 10. But for Stardust by Willie Nelson, I give it an 8.8 out of 10. Reasoning? Reasoning? Is is there a reasoning, I guess? Yeah, I I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm going to get like on Anthony Fantano. Braden E. Fantano, Fleming County's busiest music nerd. Um, I mean, going from top to bottom, it's as solid as an album can be. I mean, but it's still not my favorite. And it's still... It's... When I think of my favorite Willie Nelson album, and I hate to do this because I'm basing it more on Willie Nelson albums than I am Mm -hmm. the actual album itself... You know, I th- I like the Roller stuff. This is really well produced, which I also am a fan of. That's why I gave it an, a higher score of an 8.8. 8. 8, so. It's very interesting. I also don't do round numbers, Brady. Okay. And where you're the Anthony Fantano, is that what you said? Brady Fantano. Brand, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be the Jablinski Games, Jack Black. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it a 9.3765.487 out of 10. I was going to make a little chart to post on the Instagram after this, so I'm going to have to come back and listen and hear the, all the numbers. <laughs> listen to the number. Uh, you can just put a nine-point whatever you want. Um, but, you know, I don't know if there's an album out there that I would give a 10 out of 10, and that probably sounds really uh, pretentious in a way. But, but, no, I mean... I just can't pick one album that... I could listen to only like I'd, I'd really have to have a debate with myself because there's a few albums that in my mind are mm-hmm. close to a 10 and this yeah. one this one's really close to 10 9.7 whatever I said I don't think you're supposed to do that though because the whole thrill of listening to music is always seeking out that number 10 yeah that's album. true and once you find it, what's the point in continuing your search, you know? I mean... You always got to reinvent 10, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, 
I've probably said something that's out of ten before, but I don't like to think that. Would. I probably would have said that um, John Mayer's Paradise Valley yeah. would have been like a nine point seven for me, mm-hmm. and now I'd probably put it at an eight point eight, just th- through yeah. time. So I that's can the understand. thing you can you can go back and listen to albums all the time and say, oh well, I liked that a long time ago. Now I'm just kind of, you know, I still like it a lot. I'm just a little indifferent on some of it, and then. You could be the opposite way, and all this album sucked. But now you love it. You know? So you're saying that opinions can change? Well, don't tell everybody that because it's it's, it's a very secret thing. To get on yeah, you know. Mm, yeah, I digress. <laughs> I really want to start this episode by saying, "Hello, my name is What You're Not Hearing, and this is Utah Vice." <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, we're ending the episode, so you can say it that way. Full circle. Full circle. Um, so, yeah, that is the podcast for the week. We appreciate you sticking around. Uh, our last episode was kind of shorter. This one's back to our form of over an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad we got to talk about this album, Brady. It's yeah. it's truly one of my all-time favorites. Also, if you made it this far in the episode, which we all hope you have, yes. um, you know, contact us on Instagram. I'm going to do something for this episode and this episode only. If you DM us a question, just saying what's up, asking us about a question is asking somebody (laughs) about something. I will throw you two stickers. Actually, no, I'll do four stickers in the mail. Oh, my goodness. One What You're Not Hearing sticker and three I Love Local Music stickers. I love it. All you have to do is DM us. Can I ramp it up a little bit? Oh, gosh. DM us something about this album. Yes, Star okay yeah Stardust talk only Stardust. Willie Nelson talk only and that's right four free stickers all you got to do is ask us a question there's, about this record I feel like there's a few good things in life and um I'll just encapsulate it in three and they're free anymore <laughs> music beer and stickers. <laughs> And food. And food. Oh. Free episode. And podcasts. And podcasts, yeah. <laughs> this podcast. This has been fun, though. This I, podcast I always, is free. Is it free? Honestly, if uh, we think about it, everything costs something. Yeah, it, this will cost you at least an hour of your time. <laughs> it will cost you DMing us for free stickers. Yeah. yeah. So in, in turn, it's costing us. You get paid to listen to us for an hour if you message us. <laughs> But thank you guys. We really appreciate you all sticking around, even when we were gone for a week. But just know that we're still working on things, and hopefully once the world gets opened back up, we can see all your faces one day. We're, we're t- in the talks of doing a live episode eventually, which will be so much fun. And Very cool. Still in talks about future musical events. So just stick around, say what's up, and stay cool. Get your free stickers. All right, this is, and this was, What You're Not Hearing. Flip, flip, flip.